You are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. And just as a warning, these films might be in theaters now, or they may be from 10, 20, 30 years ago. But regardless, there's a strong possibility that I will be revealing spoilers. I might give away the plot or the ending in this review, so just be warned. We are here to discuss Point Break, which came out in 1991. The ultimate rush. Nothing that comes close to it. Not even sex. We are the ex-president. Not tragic to die doing what you love. If you want the ultimate, you gotta be willing to pay the ultimate price. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, and please don't forget to vote. The taxpayers of Lancaster, Utah, they knew that they were paying a federal agent to surf and pick up girls. Babes. Big one. The correct term is babes, sir. It was directed by Catherine Bigelow. It stars Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, Lori Petty, Gary Busey, and John C. McGinley. The genre would be surfing action thriller. Happy 30th anniversary to one of the more influential action thrillers. So much that it inspired a franchise which just recently sent Ludacris into space. To start off, this film looks gorgeous, especially the Southern California beach locations. It's from the same cinematographer, Donald Peterman, who managed to make blue-collar Pittsburgh look pretty gorgeous just 10 years prior in the movie Flashdance. It's edited briskly and moves well thanks to Howard Smith, who would collaborate with director Catherine Bigelow on several other films around this time. And Bigelow, she really directs the hell out of this film, keeping the story very straightforward while also crafting several genuinely impressive action set pieces, some of which have to be seen to be believed. The post-bank heist foot chase, which happens about 60% of the way into the movie, between Johnny Utah, played by Keanu Reeves, and Bodie, played by Patrick Swayze, this remains a true standout sequence as the camera follows closely as each of our principals climb over fences, scramble through narrow alleys, and at one point even features one of them tossing a bulldog at the other one just to slow them down. Now, despite its impressive technical aspects, does the story hold up? Well, here's the story. Former college football star turned FBI agent goes undercover with a tribe of mysterious surfers to smoke out an ingenious gang of thieves who have robbed 27 local banks in three years. That gang being the ex-presidents, each of whom are wearing masks to disguise themselves, as former presidents LBJ, Jimmy Carter, Richard Nixon, and Ronald Reagan. Now, just describing it, I would actually say yes, this is held up. The dates on these robberies, it's strictly a summer job for these idiots. Four months. June, October. Same the year before. That's right. We have one more month. We won't see him till next summer. They're traveling on the money, going where the waves are. That's right. After all, this came out in 91. This was the age of high-concept action films and thrillers. This really wasn't any more of a stretch than, say, a story about trying to rescue folks from a bus speeding around L.A., which would blow up if it dips below 50 miles per hour, or, say, the story of a ghost of a recently murdered banker trying to protect his wife by teaming up with a fake clairvoyant who actually doesn't turn out to be fake. It's all in how you sell the concept. And fortunately, you had two very game stars 
who had actually recently headlined films with those aforementioned stories. Despite some admittedly awkward line readings, Bruh! Bruh! Don't move! Got some huge sucker crawling right into your ear! Got it! Keanu Reeves still nails this character with his seemingly blank expression and his just fuck-it-all attitude, so that by the time we watch him impulsively leap out of a plane without a parachute, we kind of buy it. And the late, great Patrick Swayze, with his athleticism and his easygoing zen demeanor, he was just made for charismatic men of action like this character, or like Dalton from Roadhouse, the latter of which remains my all-time favorite Swayze performance. On paper, his character Bodie is borderline ridiculous, but he just draws us in, even though we actually don't even meet him until around a half hour into the movie. The rest of the cast also delivers the heat, including John C. McGinley as the predictably loud FBI chief, barking orders and often commiserating about asshole shortages. Lori Petty as the spirited Tyler who Johnny falls in love with after she teaches him how to surf. Gary, Utah, get me two, Busey. Utah, get me two. Playing himself, basically, as Utah's crotchety partner and in a small role for which he is perfectly suited for, the Red Hot Chili Peppers' Anthony Kiedis as a belligerent, brain-fried surfer bro who shoots himself in the foot. As silly as Point Break can sometimes get, it plays its premise 100% straight, and it has endured into an action genre staple thanks to top-flight directing and casting. That brings us to the categories. The first category is Best Needle Drop. This would be the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film. Now for this category... I am always a sucker for a good training montage. And this movie features a pretty good one early on when Lori Petty's Tyler takes the time to teach Keanu's Johnny how to surf. It's a fun sequence, and playing over the sequence is the song I Will Not Fall by a band called Wire Train, which has to be one of the rare rock bands from this time period that I've never heard of, nor I've heard anything else from. But I like the song. And it's a catchy early 90s rocker with the kind of laid-back surfer vibe which just works perfectly for this montage. That brings us to the next category, which is Wasted Talent, the most underutilized talent involved with the film. Now, the selection for this category, it's more of a mystery, more of a mystery than you would say a definitive statement, because here's the Wasted Talent. What exactly happened to the acting career of Patrick Swayze after this movie, after the early 90s? Nobody really knows, but in the seven years leading up to the release of Point Break, Patrick Swayze had built up a string of well-received performances in generally well-received movies. The Outsiders, Red Dawn, Uncommon Valor, Youngblood, Dirty Dancing was a big one, Roadhouse, Next of Kin, and Ghost, which was just the year before Point Break and was a huge hit. Just for perspective, Ghost was the biggest hit of 1990 and was also nominated for several Oscars, including Best Picture. It was a true phenomenon, and as a result of its success, both of Swayze's two co-stars, Demi Moore and Whoopi Goldberg, 
They would basically spend most of the rest of the next decade capitalizing off of this movie with big roles and several big successes. And yet Swayze, who had already built a name for himself by that point, and he was about to turn 40, it felt like he just increasingly sunk into obscurity from this point on. At the time of Point Break, at the time of release, Point Break was a modest hit, but it clearly built a legacy for itself, enough to result in lasting careers for both his co-star, Keanu Reeves, and the director, Catherine Bigelow, several decades later. Yes, Swayze did get sick. He did sadly get sick from pancreatic cancer in 2008, and he sadly left us prematurely in 2009 at the age of 57. But it just felt like well before this, at the point when most male actors, and I'm saying male actors because they have it easier, when the time when they both really break out, he just didn't. And after 91, the only really memorable movies and roles that he did after Point Break were Tu Wong Fu and Donnie Darko. It was just slim pickings. It was really strange. He did leave us too soon, but such a big gap there between 91 and 08, I, I, just, I just can't help but think of all the things he could have done. He could have, been, he could have done a tough guy role with a director like a Tarantino or, or Aronofsky. He could have played Captain Jack Sparrow in the Pirates movies. He could have led a popular crime drama on CBS. Seriously. So many things I could have seen Swayze doing. And sadly, we'll just never know. So my selection for Wasted Talent has to be the next 15 years of Patrick Swayze's career. Regardless, the fact that decades later, the fact that Swayze is still a household name, it demonstrates that he certainly left his mark. So RIP Bodie, I'm glad you at least found that one big last wave. Bodie believes the 50-year storm is coming next year. 50-year storm? What's that? That's kind of a legend. No, it's real. It's absolutely real. Everything moves in cycles. So twice a century, the ocean lets us know just how small we really are. A winter storm comes out of Antarctica, tearing up the Pacific. And it sends a huge swell north 2,000 miles. And when it hits Bell's Beach, it'll turn into the biggest surf this planet has ever seen, and I will be there. So will I. And that brings us to the next category. That would be trailer moment. This is the scene or moment that best describes this movie. If you're selling somebody on this film, this is what you want to show them. So for Point Break, there are just so many to choose from. But for me, the trailer moment has to be the exchange between Johnny and Bodie on the way to an ad hoc bank robbery, which is happening right after Johnny's cover has been blown as, you guessed it, an FBI agent. Bodie is now forcing Johnny to rob a bank with them since he is holding Tyler hostage. It's a doozy of a scene, and it's just fun to watch both actors just really going for it as the tension ramps up. I can't do this. Sure you can. Who knows, you might like it. It's a killer rush. Buddy, this is your fucking wake-up call, man. I am an FBI agent. I know, man. Isn't it wild? <laughs> but you know, that's what makes it great, Johnny. We can exist on a different plane. We can make our own rules. Why be a servant to the law when you can be its master? And that brings me to the final category, the MVP. This is the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. Now, this was a genuinely tough call because Point Break really doesn't work nearly as well without its two lead actors. But here's the thing. Another film, which I have recently reviewed, would come out 10 years later with a similar premise. And it still worked with two inferior actors, a little film called The Fast and the Furious. So that made things a little clearer in figuring out this particular category. Catherine Bigelow is the MVP. 
This film honestly does not work at all without her top-flight directing chops, plain and simple. Just the nature of so much of the action, it's inherently tricky. Surfing itself has always been very difficult to pull off on film for various reasons, considering that there's much less margin for error when you're showing stunt doubles, because they're just wearing a wetsuit, and the action never lasts particularly long. But Bigelow pulls off those scenes not only convincingly, but compellingly. Same with the skydiving sequences and even the bank robbing scenes. They come off a bit unique as she shows us the floor-level POV at times of the bank robbery. You also have Keanu, McGinley, and Busey. They're just all just all chewing the scenery with abandon, but never to the point where it overwhelms the movie. Each actor is used just enough, especially Keanu, which is critical. The director was savvy enough to allow his presence to do most of his acting as opposed to dialogue. Just how the hell did I ever even let you talk me into this whole boneheaded idea to begin with? Hart, we're working undercover. It takes time. We produced a few... No, 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 no! Let me tell you what you've produced. Over the last two weeks, you two have produced exactly squat! Squat! During which time, the ex-presidents have robbed two more banks! Now, for Christ's sake, does either one of you have anything even remotely interesting to tell me? Caught my first tube this morning, sir. It became increasingly obvious that this was the right way to go with Keanu as an actor at the time, as just a year later we would witness what would happen when Francis Coppola did not follow this example when he directed Keanu in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Catherine Bigelow takes a potentially silly premise and she truly elevates it. And since then, she has proven to be one of the best directors around, even though she has not been particularly prolific. Amazingly, she's only directed six films since Point Break. But she's done some really good ones, including The Hurt Locker, which she would win an Oscar for. She would actually end up being the first woman to win Best Director for that film. Now, of her filmography, Point Break probably remains her most all-around entertaining film, though it's probably not her best. I would say that's probably Zero Dark Thirty, which I will undoubtedly review at some point. My overall rating for Point Break would be four stars out of five. I really like this film. It's aged really well and it is certainly worth revisiting. If you want to catch Point Break, you could check it out right now. It's streaming on HBO Max. And that ends another radical review. Please subscribe to the Living for the Cinema podcast and follow and like us on Facebook and Instagram. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. Living for the Cinema.